Welcome to the Candid Creative Podcast with Manda and Liz, where we're all about growth, innovation, and keeping it candid. Tune in every week for sharp insights and real talk on the creative business world. Stay ahead of the curve with our mix of expert advice, industry secrets, and inspirational stories. And remember, your next idea is just one episode away. Okay, so I want to know, tell me what your Instagram Explore feed is like. What what does it have? Well, um, it has very hairy people. What? Why? They're covered in hair. Why? It very pregnant people. It just has... What the shit? <laughs> it's like terrifying. <laughs> people with lots of hair terrify me. No offense. But just like when every single square on my Explore feed is something... Like why? Terrifying. Um, probably because my best friend sends me stuff like that sometimes. So it's like, thinks it's getting to know me. People covered in hair? She doesn't send me. Okay, I'll tell you how this started. She started sending me things from her Explore feed and was like, why is this on my Explore feed? And then I'd watch it and then I would watch the next one. And now it's like, oh, this is what you want to see. So it's like, um, hairy people. Amputations. What the fuck? Very oh, small, God. very very small people, very very big people, tumors. What? I mean, it's just like disturbing human human beings. I, it, that oh. sounds so mean. They, they as a person, as a person, are not disturbing. But when your whole feed are just <laughs> kind of like a gruesome feel, it's like <laughs> I don't look at it anymore. It's I think terrifying. really Instagram, I think Instagram has their whole explore thing really messed up. And I'm I'm not on TikTok, so I don't everyone talks about how great the the algorithm is on TikTok and how amazing the for you page is because it gets to know you. But I think the problem with Instagram is that it's ever evolving. Like if you watch one video for too long, that's all it shows you basically after that. Right. I'm I'm all <laughs> okay. I'll show can I show you something on my explore feed? Yeah, then take a screenshot of it so we can put it in our show notes so all of our listeners can also see it. <laughs> that look when you that look when you run out of fuel from too much motorboating. Oh my god, that's so stupid. What the fuck, Alyssa? <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that's all, I'm just like, uh oh, my explore feed. This doesn't make me feel this. good. <laughs> At all, so I avoid it. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of love my explore feed. I think it's hilarious uh, and or beautiful. I can watch my my videos for. I mean, I would never, but I could watch them for at least an hour, just cracking up. Really? Yeah, I think like, that's kind of the goal. But oh, I'm here's also, one. Sorry, here's know, one. Me. Look, you. Like, this is um. I don't know. Stuff oh like God, this. Lissa. Well, that's funny. But it's just like when I'm just scrolling down, just people with scary features. You got to be careful. You can't keep watching that shit. I know exactly. And I just made it worse because it's yeah. the only thing I clicked on. Yeah. I'll, Johnny showed me, what was he? He, some funny video came up on his Explore feed the other day. Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. I'm going to find it and I will also put it in the show notes because it was, Three 
middle to late age humans, two women and a man, and they were performing at church. And it was like an old video, probably from the 80s. And they were singing some weird poppy Christian song that no one's ever heard. And they were dancing. They were like do it. They were like walking across the stage together and like this choreographed dance. And then the guy breaks out and starts doing <laughs> the most amazing dance moves. And it's really, I really, I've got to find it and send it to you. Anyways, we died. We were like crying. We were laughing so hard. We probably watched it like six times. And I was like, great. Your entire feed is just going to be like Christian parodies now or whatever. <laughs> and it is. Every single video on his feed now is just like like Christian rap songs and like church people dancing at church. It's really weird. It's gotten weird. Anyways, um, mine has a lot of Justin Bieber on it. And I'm not really sure why because I'm not... I mean... I like Justin Bieber's music, but I wouldn't say that I like watch videos of him often. That's odd. It is really weird. I certainly don't click on them. I'm very careful about my Explore feed. I don't click on anything that I don't want it to keep showing well, me. Around. It also can tell how long you've looked at something without touching it at all. <gasps> oh. If it ever came up in like your feed, if anything came up in your feed where you're scrolling mm-hmm. and it was Justin Bieber and you stood and he stood there, he stayed there for a little, a little too long. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. Well, then now I have to be extra careful. Well, all I was gonna say was because of my explore feed, this is honestly the only way that I find out about any like pop culture news. Yeah. Same. That and doing um, certain Peloton rides because they talk about pop culture a lot on those rides, and I'm like, hmm, this is my this is my pop culture news for the for the week. Um, so, do you follow the uh, Jenners or the what are the other one? Jenner, Kardashians? Kardashians at all? Do you follow <laughs> Jenners? <them? laughs> right. <laughs> They're like one family, aren't they? Kardashians? Um, no, I don't follow them. The Kardashians. I do like reality shows, but I don't really... I don't follow them either at all. But sometimes they pop up on my Explore feed and one of the Jenner girls just started dating an actor. I don't know anyone's name, so this isn't even... This doesn't even... Nothing fucking matters. <laughs> Anyways, but it was all... It was like the talk of my Peloton ride yesterday and I'm seeing it all over my feed that these two just started dating. They came out at, at a Beyonce concert. It was like their grand reveal and everyone's losing their shit over it. So I was going to see if you had seen anything and if you had any predictions about it, but... About the Card- the Jenner? The Jenner and the actor? Yeah, it's like Kylie Jenner <laughs> and this, the actor who was in Dune. Did you ever see Dune? No. Oh. I do love Dune, the original, but I didn't see the new Dune. Dune actor. Anyone listening to this is going to be like, you guys are idiots. His name's Timothy Shamalay. Timothy? Timothy. Timothy. Oh, you just said Timothy. Timothy. <laughs> I was like, I've definitely never heard of him. <laughs> Timothy Shamalay or Shamalette. It kind of just depends on if you assume that there's yeah. an accent. So it's Timothy Shamalay. And he is dating. Hold on. I do have a prediction. Oh, tell me. It's not going to (laughs) last. Yeah. That's all. Oh, and Kylie Jenner. That's who he's dating. Timothy and Kylie Jenner. Yeah, pretty much everyone is like, it'll be done in a week. So I just thought maybe we could put bets on it. I don't know how celebrities have long-term relationships because... 
every like the media comp the fact that they're in front of cameras and media complicates it so much and without without that complication relationships are so hard (laughs) I'm just like there's no way well I also feel like so much I mean obviously everything we see is completely fabricated I mean so much of it and I think oftentimes, like, if I was a celebrity, I would have the most badass PR team. And you know, they probably do too. So I'm like, how much of it is actually real? How much of it's not just like a PR stunt? Mm -hmm. I just don't trust any of it. But Oh, you know some gossip. I don't know anything about, like, I honestly can't even hum a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. But I've always thought she was so pretty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Since she started. I just, like, noticed her because I was like, that girl is so beautiful. (laughs) And so when she started blowing up, I don't know, maybe she blew up a long time ago, but just, like, this past tour, I started hearing more about her. Oh, it's all over my feed. And and I'm not a Swifty, and it's all over my feed. Well, same here. And I follow some, like, gossip recordings reporters, not recorders. I follow some gossipy reporters like Talk of Shame and House and Habit. And um, Talk of Shame, I think that's her name. I mean, that's not her real name, but her handle. She recently reported that Taylor Swift was found to have scheduled a date or like have plans with a certain gentleman who I think he was a football player. Um, no idea what his name is, so you're welcome. I think he might have played on the Chiefs, but now he just does a ton of like, he does podcasting and oh my gosh, he's so attractive. What? We, so what the... Well, it's just, it's, the, there's rumors that they're dating. Is it Travis Kelsey? Yes. Or Kels, I don't know. I don't yeah, know that's who it is. They would be an attractive couple. Yeah. Mm. Are they dating... Dating rumors. Man, people talk about Taylor Swift's dating life like what they had poor for girl this morning. I honestly, poor we're girl. listen to her music and we're li- talking about it. I know. I know. Honestly, I mean, I've said this before and I don't know if it'll be in any of our podcasts, but I, I have so many feelings about Taylor Swift that I won't get into, but I do think she's a genius. Like at the end of the day, whether you like her or not, you cannot say that she's not a marketing genius clearly yes i mean <laughs> something she's doing is working that's for 100%. sure 100% and if i were her at some point and she might have already done this but i mean i would at some point just start leaking all the dates that you go on because it obviously just bumps your i mean people eat that shit up everyone mm-hmm. wants to know who taylor's going on dates on or dates with I just feel like at some point, just lean into it. You know what I mean? Just lean into it. Who knows? Maybe she let this get out. Yeah. Haters make you famous. I know. I always say. That's what I fall asleep saying to myself. Haters are going to make me famous. That's what I say. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to move into a user, a user, a listener submission? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Do you have one? Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah, since everyone who's listening, you know, this is a newer podcast. We're kind of slow to get these submissions, but I do have one. Okay. So, hi, Alyssa. My question is too long to leave it in the question section because I, you know, I gave them like a little space to answer submissions on Instagram. Right. So if you don't mind, I'll send it here. How should I navigate the dynamics between myself as a florist and event planner and the client? Here's a scenario. I've signed a contract with a client and I'm working to bring the design vision to life. The event planner is overseeing vendors to make the client's experience smoother. 
and because that's what they do. <laughs> However, two weeks before the event, the planner discovers venue restrictions that impact the design significantly. The planner communicates this directly to me without involving the client, even though I would prefer the client to be informed. The planner has made it clear that she wants to control the timing of involving the client in communication. I feel like I lose here no matter what. There's the risk of receiving a bad review from the client, or in the worst case, the client might even consider legal action. Additionally, there's the concern that the event planner may stop referring clients to me, potentially damaging my reputation as a wedding vendor. How can I navigate the scenario to minimize these risks and maintain positive relationships? I have a question. Mm-hmm. What was the venue asking, saying that they could or couldn't do? So it sounds like the main problem is the venue has restrictions that impact the design significantly. My guess would be you can't hang stuff hang, on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Or you can't use sticky stuff on the walls, probably. I don't, I don't think that this is a complicated situation. I don't either. This I is don't. honestly the first time I've read this. <laughs> this is not a tough... Con- all, all of the scenarios that you are saying could happen are not going to happen because this is not a dramatic situation. The planner just needs to tell the client. I mean, if the planner is in charge of all of the communication with the client, the planner just needs to tell the client these designs cannot happen and figure out a new plan and then communicate it to the florist. It's either hanging things from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have... um, Or it's using sticky stuff on the walls because that's the thing too. In my opinion, anytime a a client want something hanging from the ceiling or sticking to the walls, I reach out to the venue. Literally, I don't reach out to the venue until they've booked with me, right. but I do put in the estimate pending approval. venue yeah. approval. Mm-hmm. I, I do the design and then put in parentheses pending venue approval. Yeah, And then as soon as they, if they want to go with me, then I reach out to the venue and ask. Yeah. Like that's just... So, and she didn't say she's talked to the venue. She's I don't just think saying, so. Yeah. So I think her point of bringing up the planner is I think she's saying like this is why I didn't reach out to the venue because there's a planner. But oh. personally, like it's my I don't rely on I would never rely on a planner to do that for me because they they have so much to think about. They're not thinking exactly. about my the, the florist mechanics. That's not their job. Yes, in my right. opinion, a thousand percent. Her first course of action should be. You go talk to the venue and see what you can do Um, because, yeah, to your point, although a good planner will figure that out for you, it shouldn't be on the planner to figure out what a florist can and can't do necessarily. And I would say, and even if it was, uh, that planner is going to want to work with you 10 times more if you go figure it out. Hopefully, I can't, I don't know a planner who wouldn't be stoked to have a florist figure out what they could or couldn't do at a venue. So I feel like that's common sense just for your own, because the last thing you want as a florist is to, by ignoring it, you're setting yourself up for stress. Oh my God. So I would never just be like, well, no one said anything about it. So Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do it because the last thing you want is during setup. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) You can't do this. Exactly. And it's going to make you look like you didn't think about, if it does come up, even if it's a week before and it comes up, now your planner is going to be like, well, why didn't you figure that out? Like you're the florist, you know, you should be thinking about those things. I'm not, I'm not saying that would happen. I'm just saying all of your, all of her deepest, darkest fears are only, those are only going to come true if she doesn't just take the initiative and go talk to the venue, figure out what she can do, 
talk to the planner, let them know what she can do, and then the planner can go communicate it to the client. I don't think that's crazy. And I definitely don't think her go-to should be... She sounds stressed out about not being able to communicate things to the client. And I'm like, if the planner hired you, I don't... The planner is your client at this point anyway. So right. I don't worry about it. Well, I I think... So what if I were her in this position right now, because we're talking about like, oh, this is what you should do in the future, but she didn't do those things. So she's in this situation. Um, and I think, when, first of all, you just have to come up with a solution. Well, first of all, you have to not be stressed about this because it, even though, yes, it could have been preventable. And I think that's what she's essentially stressed about is yeah. the onus was kind of on her and she dropped the this ball. This has already happened? Yeah. Well, no, the wedding hasn't happened, but she's now at the stage of. I, I think when it, when a venue says you can't do something, you shouldn't be afraid to tell the client. Like, no, it's not your problem. It's not your fault. They chose the venue. Yes. <laughs> so, but I think it's because it's so late in the game that there she's feeling uncomfortable. Like it's like someone dropped the ball, mm. whether it's her or the planner. Mm, got it. Um, and so now it's like a last minute decision right before the wedding where it's like, okay, why didn't we know this? So I think that's why people are feeling weird about it. But if anything, just come up with a solution and don't even present it to the client like, I'm so sorry. Just say, hey, we ran this by the venue. They have a restriction against this. So this is what we would propose to do instead. How do you feel Mm -hmm. about this alternative? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of being like, how do you feel about the fact that we can't do it? Totally. (laughs) Because it's like, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think always, always, always don't ever bring a problem to someone. Just bring a solution to them. Right. You don't want to just tell them the problem and then look at them. (laughs) You're like, now what? I can't. Honestly, that is my biggest. If anyone on before, after, during, during a job, if anyone just says... The bathrooms are clogged. I just stare back at them. I'm just like, and <laughs> what is your solution? Have you located a plunger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> always, always, always have a solution. Right. And don't. Yeah. I, to your point, like if if a venue says you can't do something, it's not on you. There's not. There's, there's not even. Yeah. It's not emotional. Yeah. Check that earlier next time. But it's not. Right. There's nothing you can do about it. Period. Yeah. No one's gonna leave you a bad review because the venue said that you couldn't do something. Yeah, and literally any time your designs rely on clinging to a part of the venue, you cannot assume that that's okay. A hundred percent, especially hanging stuff. Man, and that's so tough. I can imagine um, for florists, especially because every freaking thing on Pinterest, everything that any couple wants nowadays is like, I want all the hanging greenery. I want all the hanging installations. And and venues are catching on to that. And there's only, probably only 50% of venues actually will let you hang anything from anything. It's not hard on florists. It's harder for me when I'm allowed to do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not allowed to do it, I'm like, bummer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we yes. don't have to do that. <laughs> yes. um, I was just, we were working at the Bowery Hotel in New York. And I was shocked because there's a lot of pictures of stuff hanging from the ceilings. But what I wanted to do was like this tunnel of wisteria and florals. Like I didn't just want to do greenery. I wanted this massive hanging installation. And I was like, well, there's plenty of, I've, you know, done the research. There's plenty of pictures of of shit hanging from other weddings. We'll be fine. And then I talked to the venue manager and she was like, well, you can't hang anything from the, this is so funny. I just think it's interesting. 
there's rafters, right? There's like exposed right. wood beams going all the way through the ceiling. Well, you can't attach anything to those because they're they're um, just false beams. So there's they're not structural. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But what you can attach to is the speakers, the tiny speakers that are in the corners and the curtain rods. And there's a fan halfway or something like that. There's, or the chandeliers. I was like, so I can't attach things to your non-structural beams, which I'm hoping are sturdy enough in the ceiling to not they're just really fall heavy. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I realize they're not structural to the construction of the, the building. Speaker's not structural exactly. either. Speaker, I could literally reach up and and just pull off. Rip it off. <laughs> but these are the things that I'm allowed to attach to. I was like. Okay. So I told, I mean, I told her florist and she, she definitely made it work, but it was, I, venues are, are so funny. Um, yeah, I'm sure the florist wasn't super pumped about it either, but she, she made it work. So yeah. Was there was a venue in Portland that's like a huge, I can't think of what it's called right now. Probably better that way, <laughs> but it's like a huge industrial space and it has. Oh, um, I know which one you're talking Left Bank Annex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because um, I did those huge hanging yeah. clouds in there. Wow. And they have, um, God, what are those, what are the beams called? They're called like, what's the word? Not beams. Um, it's like repetitive. Oh my God. Are they wood or metal? Yeah, it's wood. It's like a really common word. I'm just completely drawing a blank. Everyone listening to this is saying the word to themselves. But um, anyway, there's, there's no space above them, you know. Right. It's so, just like exposed beams. Yeah. Basically. So we had to use, um, and they're like 15 feet, 17 feet up if in the air. It's really high. high in there. We had yeah. to use a uh, cherry picker or scissor yeah. lift or whatever. Super high, yeah. But um, they, in, in order to use, so we had to use a C-clamp. Mm-hmm. And then, but they were like, you have to use shims so that it doesn't like, like mess up. yeah, or dent the wood, right. which I just think is hilarious because it's like no literally invisible. Like it's so <laughs> far away, and it's just rough wood. It's just rough, unfinished wood. Totally. totally. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> fine. It's your venue. That it's fair enough. But I'm just like, <laughs> oh okay, my yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so in conclusion, just um, don't worry about it so much. Yeah, relax. This is a learning experience. I don't know why. I feel like maybe there's vibes or stories, parts of this that are being left out, not necessarily intentionally, but I just don't know why the planner wouldn't work with her again because of yeah. this. Yeah, a thousand Unless, percent. Because she didn't say anywhere in the message, like, I feel like I should have done this or this is what I messed up on. But maybe right. it's just implied that she sh she's saying like, oh, I didn't check. Right. Um, right. Which I think always take responsibility instead of saying, not that I'm not saying this person did this, but I just, instead of ever saying like, well, the the planner was supposed to be doing everything mm -hmm. like this, that's your job if you're a florist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you can't. Yeah. I guess if that's the problem, I, th I see what you're saying. And if that's, if that's where she's coming from, where it's like, we're a month out now. I never checked. I should have checked. Now I just found out that the venue won't actually let me do these things. What do I do? That's definitely more of a um, predicament than what yeah. I was thinking. But I would still go about it the same way. Um, you know, I would probably own up to the planner and just be like, you know, I don't know why I assumed 
I don't know. The the last thing a planner wants is someone who's unwilling to take responsibility, I think. Yes. And I think people respect if you're like, so sorry, I should have fall, I should have checked mm-hmm. in on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then bring a solution. That, yeah. And then try to think of a solution that's going to be even better than what you had originally planned mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. describe why, why it would be better. <laughs> and even if, I mean, to be honest, if you know that you've made a mistake at this point, um, go above and beyond because it's going to be an expensive mistake regardless. Either it's a mistake that, to her point, the planner's like, well, why the hell didn't you think to to look into that? Um, and then the planner potentially doesn't refer you again. So that would be an expensive mistake. Or you decide okay, I can't hang from the ceilings, but I can get these structures that you can attach to the tables and I will I will buy this, I won't charge you for the structures and I'll buy extra product, you know, I'll do extra lush so that they, you know, go above and beyond even if you make less in your pocket because right now you're just trying to like mitigate the situation and, yeah. and leave the planner mm-hmm. feeling okay and leave the client feeling okay and do what you're supposed to do regardless if you're a month out and you didn't, you know, you didn't make sure any of this was known, then right. you've made a mistake. So, what's the best way you can get out of it? And even mm-hmm. if that's like, I'll comp you extra flowers. <laughs> Sorry, I mean that'll yeah. make up for it. And then know? give the planner a gift and yeah. say, "I'm so sorry for yep. doing that." Yep. And then give Thanks. the planner three or four hundred dollars. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, though, a gift doesn't hurt. No, I feel like I feel like a planner would just be like, "Okay, gifts never hurt." Man, I think if people understood, like, look, I don't think you have to buy a planner's love, but the whole the whole thought process around planners if it if people if people just shifted, okay, on one side of things, I understand that a lot of planners are assholes, so it's really hard to feel this way. I totally get that. It's and for the, all the planners, if anyone feels triggered by that comment, a lot of humans are assholes. So it's yeah. just yeah, there's nothing. and it's it's yeah. very much the the personality type of a planner oftentimes gets uh, easily judged or quickly judged or you know, type A personalities in general, oftentimes. Mm-hmm people like to label them as assholes or controlling or whatever, whatever. I have a type A personality myself. So I am absolutely one of those people who I am sure I've had to break through walls of people automatically assuming that I was a jerk because that is apparently the reputation that a lot of planners have. Um, But I, I just think, I think it's not... I don't necessarily think it's like the go-to for most planners. I mean, every single planner in my membership that I've ever chatted with, they're some of the nicest people mm-hmm. ever. And they just want people to love them. <laughs> they're all twos. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Some of them are eights. But Are you a two? Um, um, I used to be a two. I'm a three. a three. Yeah. I'm a three. With a wing two. Um, but I think if people would stop looking at the planner as this barrier between them and a client or this, you know, even, and I don't think this, this is what that submission was meaning to say, but they were basically saying like, the planner really wants to control all the communication with the couple. And I'm like, yeah, that's the planner's job. That's a thousand percent their job. They're not being controlling or weird. Right. That's their job. Lean into it. Let it happen. Like, let it happen. And people are, I mean, I think if 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 all vendors understood what a huge role planners play 
in, I don't, I think they say they do, they think they do, but I don't think they really understand like what an asset a planner can be to have on your team and something as simple like you're saying. And and I don't, I would, I don't expect gifts by any means. And I'm not even saying like give planners gifts. I'm just saying little things like that or, <laughs> oh, I am. Um, little things like that, like a, even a thank you card or anything like any type of appreciation you're willing to show a planner is going to only enhance your business, mm-hmm. period. I just, I think, and that's what it comes down to is like appreciation. Not even, it doesn't have to be tangible, but even just saying like, thank you, or you've done a great job or whatever. I I just think vendors would be blown away if they changed a little bit of their, their thought process behind... Mm-hmm a planner's relationship with them and with the client, and they decided to start showing the planner how much they appreciated them, poof, the poof. world would shift. <laughs> and that is everyone would Amanda's be theory. Yep. I have lots of thoughts <laughs> about it. On how to it. make a better world. <laughs> well, should we get down to business? It's in the same realm. Well, I was... I was Okay, we could. Or I have another listener submission and we could oh, just yeah. make this a listener submission one that and then we good. can do another one. I have another, I have another, I have a short one we can end with unless it's... Oh, oh okay, cool, 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 cool. So this person said, what do you do if you fall out of love with your business, but you can't just close up shop? We opened a venue after being in the industry for 10 plus years in a city which is right in the middle of the city. And I have all windows around my venue, which means you can literally see everything that's happening outside with a lot of people living on the street, so on and so forth. It's becoming really stressful for my husband, especially um, as he is not from the industry and he gets pretty anxious about everything that's going on. Not to mention we've dealt with some really shitty clients, but for some reason they keep referring us to their friends and family who also keep booking us. And then we hate dealing with those new clients too, but we're just not in a position where we can turn down business. So we just deal with it. So they're like at this point where they probably opened a venue and we're really excited about it. And, you know, I'm sure it was, it's a dream for a lot of people to open a venue. So they're probably really pumped about it. And now they're in this spot where they're attracting like the same kind of clients over and over again, who are super shitty, which is probably taking all the joy out of everything Mm -hmm. they're doing. And so now it sounds like, they're in this spot where you said it's small. Yeah, it's like a smaller venue, I think. Okay, so because that's the other like they're probably not being able to make a killing on it. Probably cheaper. Yeah, and that's why it's attracting that kind of client. Yep, totally. So with the higher budget aren't going to want. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even if it was, even if there wasn't like people right outside like looking yeah. in and doing things that you might not want to be visible. Yeah. I think that's a hard ceremony. part. Yes. Cause it's like, I think this venue specifically is in the, it's in the city, but it's on the first floor too. It's not, it's not yeah. in the city with like a skyline view. It's in the city of like a really popular city where people are just like walking by. I'm sure some not Posting desirable. In front of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, and I mean, if if they opened the venue back during COVID, I mean, gosh, the world has changed so much in the last three years even. So I can't, I mean, the landscape is probably completely different. And that's got to be really frustrating to feel 
like you've accomplished something so huge. Like owning opening a venue is massive. Like I said, so many so many people are like, my dream is to open a venue, which <sighs> is always confusing to me. And then and then she opens it. And then three years later, the landscape of the city they're in has changed drastically. And now they're attracting specific clients who don't value probably what they have or what they offer. And then they just keep getting more and more of those clients. Like, what do you do? So now she's like, I'm not in love with what we're doing. I'm not in love with where we are. But I've just put all this time and money and energy into opening a venue. I've been here for five years. What do you do? I would probably turn it into something else that I can Mm -hmm. make money on. The first thing that comes to mind is a photo studio because I have rented photo studios so many times in in many different cities and they're really hard to find the ones that have big windows and natural, not Mm -hmm. because you want to photograph what's outside, but because just the natural light. And it doesn't even matter what's outside of the windows because you're just renting it for the blank walls inside and hopefully to have like some different backdrops. And even Uh if there's like some studio lighting people could use and then you rent it more by the hour. And that's probably what I would do personally. I think I would also, I mean, I know that the windows, um, so this venue is like lined in windows, which is part of their favorite part. But I think you can put up sheer curtains and it can look like you can put up, Mm -hmm. you know, ceiling tall, sheer curtains, get them custom made and still let all the light come in and let people choose if they want to pull back the curtains or not. I mean, sheer curtains look beautiful Mm -hmm. in a huge industrial space. That's true. So you could still do that, get all the lighting, still have some privacy. And maybe they have that. It's not, they didn't say, but still have all the privacy. And then to your point, I even feel like photo studio, yes, people always, or studio in general, people always need studios, especially a single studio. I mean, I know from experience, so many of the like photo studios that you can use in Portland, they are in like office buildings basically mm-hmm. and you can hear anything that's going on next to you or above you or below you yeah, or anything. Yeah. And so I've done a lot of just video recording and it's so frustrating when you can suddenly hear someone like hammering in the studio next to you. Um, so to have a venue in a space with no one around you, it seems like that would already be a huge plus. And then if you just added a little bit of privacy, you could even split up. I don't know how big the space is, but you could even probably put up like partition walls and split up multiple. I mean, you could probably rent out multiple areas of the space. Yeah. And you can also rent it to people. Like there's so many, for instance, like a yoga instructor, maybe they do rent it and do a yoga class every morning. Totally. And then you can, it can still be a photo studio. So I think I would probably start mixing up the use of it so you're not just working with wedding clients yes and just keeping it simpler like you don't have to have all the tables coming in and out and the vendors and tons of guests like I would work try to work more with businesses yeah there's also that website um you can use for spaces called peer space right and I don't know what it's called but yeah they 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 could be on that or not but peer space is like I think that's a genius website because essentially you can use it to find venues or photo shoot Mm -hmm. locations or like to your point, just a space for a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. So I feel like getting on something like PeerSpace and then trying to market yourself to people who even education... I mean, if someone wrote me and was like, hey, I'll give you, you know, 
three hours at half price for your next recording mm-hmm. for me income monthly, I'd be like, dope. An open or, spot with great lighting. Like in addition to that, you could put a conference table in there because the thing is there's so many entrepreneurs working from home yes. and sometimes they have to rent spaces to have meetings yep. or to meet with yep. a client and more you, you don't always want to meet with a client at a coffee shop like yeah. when you have to talk about private stuff or bring like for instance if you're a florist who works from home you want to bring a mock-up like yep. you don't yep. want to bring it to a coffee shop yep. totally. and so you could also market it as somewhere to have meet like private meetings and yeah I would definitely focus on working more with businesses and doing yep. more of an hourly rate. I was going to say renting by the hour. Totally. Yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's a great idea. Love it. Hopefully that was helpful. Listener submission number two. Okay. We have users. Oh my God. Listener submission number three. I don't know why I feel like I'm what you all would be using here. (laughs) I have no idea why I keep saying users. Using us for our advice. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. This one's a little more lighthearted. <laughs> I don't think this person thinks it's funny, but I think it's funny that this is the thing they decided to submit. <gasps> they submitted it anonymously, so I have no idea like who this is at all. <clears throat> at the strike for one of our weddings, the last... Sorry. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's so dumb. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to be funny. It's not going to be funny. It's just a hilarious thing to, to, like, complain about, in my opinion. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) You guys are going to be so let down. (laughs) Okay. I can't read it. Send it to me. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm going to be so disappointed. Okay. I just texted it to you. Thank you. Mm hmm. Okay. At strike for one of our weddings, the last song was Proud to Be an American, which we thought was pretty bizarre for a wedding. There were drunk people everywhere chanting USA. And no, it wasn't even the 4th of July. (laughs) What the fuck? Is this a problem? What does she want? What is this person wanting us to say? I don't know. I mean, I think the people just like don't like it when you like the country you live in. <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. Um, first of all, of course they were drunk. <laughs> it's a wedding. And they were probably like, just because someone loves their country doesn't make them a proud boy. A hundred percent. They probably worked. They were probably worked for the military. <laughs> they were probably like, oh my god, seriously, in the military or worked for the government or were happy with where they live because I'll tell you, it's not the same living in all the states are not created equal right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. So, oh my gosh, sorry you guys. <laughs> just 
I just I didn't like, even laugh when I initially read that to myself, but as soon as I started trying to read it out loud, I just it like this is just such an interesting thing to like be amused okay. by, yeah, or be offended by is what it sounds like. Um, I didn't even Fourth of July, and it wasn't even Fourth of July. I'm um, so sorry, the person who submitted this. I'm sure I love you. I don't know who submitted it, but I just think it's hilarious. I'm honestly, I, I, I don't think that this is that odd. Um, last year I was, we were doing a summer wedding, and I can't remember what song they kept singing. But it was like, God bless America or something. Is that, no, proud to be an American. It was like, God bless America. One of the, one or the national anthem. Maybe it was a freaking national anthem. Oh my God, I think it might've been. I'm not sure. But they sang it a cappella, the whole wedding party. And it was a massive wedding party before they walked for their ceremony. Like, And it was a private residence and it was a 200 person wedding. And they were in the house, the wedding party of like 30, while all their guests were sitting on the deck outside and you could hear them from inside this like multi-million dollar house screaming the national anthem. Like all to get, like it was just, it was like it was a flash mob. It was so crazy out of nowhere. And I was like, huh, interesting choice. You amped up for your ceremony, but have at it. That was number one. Then they did it again after the ceremony, number two. <laughs> then they did it again I twice during reception, once at the beginning and once that's how they ended. That's totally how they ended. I want to know who wrote this. Was it Do you know what wedding? I think is freaking weird? Like most of the songs people choose for their weddings. A thousand percent. They <laughs> so I'm not. just like, yeah, it's yeah. not your taste. Yes. But literally, I've never been to a wedding where the music was my taste. You <laughs> so know what? I'm just I, like, I could write this exact same thing and be like, you know what they sang? Don't stop believing. Yeah. And it wasn't even the 1980s. It wasn't even the 80s. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they people play dumb music. I don't think that song's dumb. I don't like listen to it by myself because don't I love it or something. Or can't stop that one? No. Proud to be an American, oh, yeah. where at least I know I'm free. <laughs> and go, it does, you know, it's a dramatic song. But seriously, yeah. there's lots of countries you're not free in. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I am oh. happy to be here. It's by pure chance that I just like emerged out of a, a vagina word. in the United States. <laughs> I'm very thankful. 100%. Yeah. I think sing whatever you want to sing. It's your wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, again, I, just thought, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I asked for submissions and they gave me a submission. <laughs> we so, appreciate your submission. Thank you. We yes, do sir, appreciate it. 274. We really appreciate your yes, submission. <laughs> yes. All right, let's get enlightened and end this yeah. shit. Let's talk about things we're excited about, but um, let's make it business related. What are you excited about in your business or what are you doing? What are you, what's happening? What are you pumped on? So what is new in my life is Shopify and trying to understand Shopify. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you remember how, do you remember the first time you used Kajabi, which yes. is the platform we use, we each use for our memberships and how foreign it felt when you first oh opened God. it? Yes. But now it's so easy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I still no. don't think it's like the most user-friendly um, system. I mean, I feel like anytime I brought anyone new on to use Kajabi, it's been a shit show for yeah. them trying to figure it out. But I do agree. Yeah, once you once you know it, like you and I have been yeah. on it for years. So it's now easy. it's yeah. not maybe the best way to do everything. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. I, I completely understand how to use it. So yeah. I'm in that phase of like something very, very new and mm. it's hard. Like, yeah. 
it's hard to get anything done. Every time I open it, I'm just like overwhelmed. I don't even know what I should be doing right now. <laughs> like, where's my contact page? And I have to like watch a YouTube, like a 10 minute YouTube video mm-hmm. on where the contact page is. Um, so it's very slow going, but I'm excited. That's so exciting. That's going to launch in December. Yes, the goal is December first. I'm if, if I can do it before, then I will. But I'm just trying to give. Oh, you myself- have an Instagram. We can tell people your Instagram. No, no, we don't want to. Okay, just kidding. No one gets to know <laughs> anything until December first. There's nothing may or may not. There's nothing to buy. Know. Like I don't want them to browse and then not be able to take action. So I want that initial goodwill that I'm asking of people to give me their time okay. to be directed when they can actually make a purchase, which would be my advice to anyone, by the way, if, you know, don't direct people to your website until they have something they can buy. Yeah. Have something to do there. (laughs) Because they'll generally only want to go there once. Yeah. 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 That's exciting. I'm really pumped for you. I'm really excited to see it. I've I've been able to see some of the sneak peeks and I'm very (laughs) excited for it to come out. (laughs) Um, What am I? I, I, I'm... (laughs) What am I excited about? Um, I, well, I'm, we just launched, I just launched my second. So I started doing these uh, group coaching programs. So I do a lot of like one-on-one coaching, but I've been trying to figure out a way to do larger mastermind slash group coaching, which is definitely been a challenge for me to figure out how to do because I've never done a mastermind. I've never done group coaching. I've never done any of that. And I'm just not one of those people. I'm just not. There's nothing wrong with this, but I'm just not the person who like signs up for something so I can see how it's done and then do like replicate it. Um, I just figure out how to do it myself, which is good in a lot of ways. And then also other ways, the whole, it makes me very self-conscious while I'm doing my group coaching sometimes because I'm like, is this what other people do? Is this, are some, have you, some of you been in other group coaching and you're like, this isn't a group, this isn't how this goes. I don't know. I'm like, am I giving too much information? Am I making it too personal? Am I, you know? Um, so it's been like a really fun learning experience, to be honest. And I also am just one of those people who just wants to give every, I just want to make sure anyone who's investing money a thousand percent gets everything that they want out of it. I mm-hmm. just... So like what started as one hour group coaching calls is now like three hour group coaching calls because I'm like, I have to talk to every single person. I have to give you all enough value that you feel like you got everything that you could possibly get out of this, um, which I think is great. They're just going to continue to evolve. But how much is is the group coaching? Um, Well, I'm kind of... I wanted to start them at a lower price just because because of me basically like, yeah, yeah, figuring out like how I want to do it. Um, So like the first one I ever did was 3,000. And the second one I did was 4,000. And that one's almost full now. And and I've been doing eight weeks. um, And they come with like, every other week we do a, a group coaching call that's three hours long. We go through like everyone's goals, everyone's questions and like give directed advice to everyone. And then there's also a 60 page guide. And then there's also um, like weekly prompts and challenges. And then there's also a community chat. And then there's also a uh, copy revision and a website audit. Mm. So it comes with a lot. I mean, yeah. if you do the math, it's probably like $13,000 worth of stuff, just bare minimum. 
Um, but like I said, I wanted to like grow a really strong community around them. And I wanted to learn how I wanted to run group coaching. Mm -hmm. So it's been like a really fun learning experience. And the second one's almost sold out. I think I want to do one that's longer than eight weeks, though. I think the next one I want to launch, I want to do like six months or a year. Really? Yeah. I really like them. I really like being able to give like individual advice to people. I just love it. And I think people who are in those group coaching, like you learn so much more just by hearing advice given to other people, like questions that other people have that you wouldn't even necessarily think about. And then they ask and you have the info. So you're kind of getting one-on-one coaching times 12. Well, I think like if you do six months or a year, it's just, it's a mastermind, right? Or it's not because you're presenting. I I don't know. I've never been in a mastermind. Is that what it would be? Masterminds, I guess, right as I said that, I was disagreeing with myself. (laughs) But masterminds are more like you're getting value from the cohort of people, not just the leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it may just be group group coaching still. But um, I would recommend, not that you're asking for my advice, to start at six months because I'm in a mastermind right now that's a year and it just feels like a little bit too long. It's like... Do you meet every week or every other? Every other week. Okay, we we meet every other week, and it's like we're on. We just passed the six month mark, and I haven't gone to the past few meetings because yeah. I feel like I have talked, and I have talked, I've listened, I've learned, I've contributed just about as much as I can. Yeah. Are there like topics that you guys talk about every time, or is it kind of just like you get together and you just randomly talk, or is there a lesson plan? No. And I do think it would be better if there was some kind of specific topic. I think moving forward, they're doing that because I think that they can sense that people are kind of losing steam a little bit for just like talking talking. about random whatever people bring to the table. Um, But it's been super helpful. But then it it hit a point where it's like, okay, I have things I need to do from what I've learned here. Yes. And so I'd rather be doing them than spending my time here. Right. Talking more about it. Yes. And so for me, I was like, I feel like six months is like the sweet spot where it's like get really in depth. But then for me, I was just like, I I would be fine with it just being six months. And then maybe coming back after six months of doing, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And that's kind of what, I mean, I wanted to create a... I wanted to create a a program that was like a cross between what would feel like a mastermind or a one-on-one coaching session where I'm still definitely like I'm taking the lead. I'm leading the calls. I have lesson plans set up with them. I have topics that we go over every time. I have like a little presentation at the beginning of everyone. Um, and then sort of break it into each individual person. And then I let like other people are allowed to chime in and kind of ask more questions. So it's it's definitely conversational, but led by me, mm-hmm. which I think is what makes it more coaching rather than right. mastermind. Um I like the idea of six months. I think the only reason, you know, I have grand plans for everything. And I think the only reason I was really thinking a year would be really cool is because I would love to end it with like a retreat, which we know that I love planning week-long events more than anything. And I think I'm just a glutton for punishment because honestly, there's so much work and they I have PTSD from so many retreats I've done that nothing's necessarily gone wrong, but you know, one person says one thing and it just like ruins your life. Why can't you do a retreat with a six-month group coach? I guess I could. Yeah, I totally could. I know people who do that for six months. They start it like, well, actually I'm thinking of a mastermind, but um, Jasmine Starr, do you know who that is? 
Yeah, I think so. She does a six-month-long mastermind, and she starts it with just a two-day retreat. So everyone, oh. like, meets in per Like, you get to be familiar with people. Oh. So you know them, I guess. Like, yeah. they're moving forward when you're just seeing them on Zoom. Right. I think that's a really good idea. Um, the mastermind I'm in, I think we... I feel like it... Well, I I know for sure it started virtual. I was just thinking about how much time passed before we did it in person. I think it was six months. And I felt like I wish it started with the in-person because mm -hmm. Zoom can feel so limiting to really yeah. understand who people are yeah. and how they really interact. Right. And so I thought, I think if I join a mastermind again, it would I would hope that there's like something in person first. Interesting. To really connect with people. And then you yeah. see them, uh, you know, on the screen. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh, hi, I know you. You yep. know, we've totally. actually met. I like that idea. I'm Because I'm thinking of doing um, one other one for 2024. Because I'm going to do, I have an eight-week one that goes through February. And then by the time I'm ready to do another one, I don't know, it's going to kind of be an awkward timing. Like summer is so wedding season-y. But a six-month one would be really cool. And then to end it... Well, maybe maybe start it and end it. Start it with a one day, two day. Two but then days. everyone has to fly into like one specific location too. I mean, dude, I mean, anyways, I'll think about it. <laughs> but I am excited about those. I, yeah. I really, I mean, I love, obviously I love the membership and I, I but I really thrive on chatting with people personally yeah. and like coming up with solutions and strategies for their specific business. I just could do it all day long. So um, I was really curious how the whole group coaching situation would go, but I actually like love it. So I'm... That's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Awesome. Pretty pumped. Cool, 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 cool. All right, well, that's a wrap. Yeah. Follow us, subscribe. Like us, follow like us, us, tag us, us, tap us, love us. Message us. At candidcreativepodcast.com, at candidcreative on Instagram. Maybe by the time this comes out, we'll also have other social media channels. Just type in Candid Creative Podcast into all the social medias and all the onlines and see what comes up. And if you have any questions and need advice, want to just chatty chat it up, then shoot us a, a user submission on our website, candidcreativepodcast.com. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Candid Creative Podcast. If you haven't remotely found amusement in what you've heard today, go ahead and show us a little love with that five-star rating and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you so desire. Continue following our journey through all of the modern medias, including Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Just search for at Candid Creative Podcast. And last but not least, if you're dying to hear our thoughts on any hot topics, unpopular opinions, or maybe you just need some good, solid, no BS advice on what to do in your day-to-day, -day, head over to www.candidcreativepodcast.com and submit all of your deepest and darkest secrets to us. All submissions are always anonymous. Thanks again, you guys. And as always, keep it candid, creatives. <laughs>